and welcome to another episode of Audie's Oddities. As always, my name is Audie and I'm here to tell you about the spooky and scary shit happening in our world. Not gonna lie, I ran out of breath there. You probably heard that and that's a little embarrassing, but I don't feel like redoing it. Let's all take a big sigh of relief today. Do you want to know why? Because nobody is murdered in today's episode. That's right, we're finally taking a break from people getting murdered. Now I will say, still a trigger warning because we are going to be talking about the deaths of a lot of animals, unfortunately, but hold your horses, none of which were at the hands of humans. And that is because today I wanted to talk about the chupacabra. Now, if you didn't grow up like me watching Factor Faked at 10 years old, then let me tell you what the chupacabra is. So the chupacabra is another one of our good old cryptid friends, and chupacabra actually translate to goat sucker. According to the legend, this creature will suck out the blood of its victims, which are normally animals. But let's just go ahead, jump right in, fuck this intro. We're starting off in Mocha, Puerto Rico. It's February 1975. So, all around the country of Puerto Rico, farmers are finding their animals mutilated in their yards. It started off with 15 cows, a couple goats, some random geese, and a pig. And all of them were found with similar puncture marks. Their blood was completely drained, and people almost thought it was some kind of vampire for a minute. So immediately the police just say that it's a dog. You know, there's a ton of wild dogs in the area. They're probably just attacking the livestock. So they dropped the case almost immediately. But locals are starting to think otherwise. Only a week after the police kind of shoved the case aside, a farmer discovers one of his cows has puncture wounds and scratches on its head. And this was much more brutal, I guess, than the other 15 cows. Because this was kind of the turning point. So I don't know why this cow mattered more than the other 15. I think all the animals should have mattered, but this one, I guess, was just extra or something. So March 15th, around a month after the first discovery of these mutilated animals, a different farmer lost a total of 34 chickens in the same way as the cow. So we're now at a total of 90 dead animals within two weeks. And only three days after that, on March 18th, another farmer finds two of his goats completely drained of blood with puncture marks on their necks. The next morning, seven more goats are injured, ten are missing, and ten are dead. So in just one night, let alone a couple days, they can take out entire flocks, whatever this creature is. And trust me, as a girly who has grown up on a farm and unfortunately has seen my fair share of coyote victims or snakes or whatever is out in the wild with us. I can confidently say that I've never seen a full massacre of multiple animals like this. So this is something that's playing for a game. You know what I mean? They're not just hunting for fun. Well, I guess they are just hunting for fun. They're not just hunting for food. They're hunting for fun. So there's enough cases of mutilated animals at this point that the local newspaper starts reporting on it. And they give it the name Vampurio de Mocha, which is just the vampire of Mocha, which is the town that it originated from. So locals are starting to try and piece together what could be doing this. Is it a coyote, a wolf, a snake? What is it? So the very first assumption was that it was some kind of boa constrictor that I assume there's a lot of in Puerto Rico. 
But when experts were brought in, they said that there's no way that the snake did this because it's not poisonous, the puncture wounds didn't match, and it can't suck blood like how the reports have been saying it would. Also, there's no way that a boa constrictor of the size at the time would go after goats and cows or something that big. So then they start thinking, okay, maybe it could be a bat of some kind. So they start looking at local caves to see if they could find like some kind of crazy bat colony that's taking out 30 animals at a time. And they come across some kind of limestone cave where there are a bunch of bats, but the only ones that they can find are fruit bats, which, hence the name, only eat fruit and not animals. So after a few months, randomly in July of 1975, the attacks just stop. And it wouldn't be until 20 years later in 1995 that another case surfaces. When the cases resurface, it's about 60 miles away from the first sighting of these chupacabras. And keep in mind, I keep saying sighting, but nobody has actually seen a creature yet. They're just finding all these mutilated animals. So finally, a vet comes into play. So eight of these executed animals were examined by this vet. And they said that even though they were examining these animals well after they had passed away, and when I say well after, I mean at least 12 hours after they were killed, none of them had entered rigor mortis, which is not normal. And if you don't know what rigor mortis is, I'll say this one time for this podcast because I'm sure it's going to come up so many times. Rigor mortis just means that the body starts to stiffen up and it stays like that for a couple of days. And that's across the board with animals and humans. So from the vet examining these animals, we learned that they were all killed instantly with a double puncture wound to the neck. We already kind of learned that, but what we're learning from this now is that they were killed instantly because whatever punctured them was long enough that from the neck... It punctured their brains. So these teeth have to be minimum four inches. So instead of teeth, we're talking about fangs. So up until this point, nobody knew what this creature was. They were all just calling it the Vampire of Mocha. Until a talk radio host, Silviaro Perez, coined the name El Chupacabra. But it would not be until Madeline Torrento and her mother saw the creature right in front of her house. Her and her mother were bringing in groceries, I believe, when they saw this creature at nighttime standing on the sidewalk, and she described it as a creature that kind of looked like a kangaroo, but without a tail, walking on its hind legs like a human. She then goes on to describe it with two thin arms, long fingers, but there's only three of them, so we're kind of thinking like a T-Rex shape, okay? Dark eyes that kind of wrap around the sides of its head like an alien. No ears, no nose, just two holes for it to breathe out of. And these spikes, kind of like feather spikes, going down its back. And after that, all she said was, and I quote, I saw the devil. And to be fair, I'd be pretty freaked out if I saw something that looked like this too. And what's crazy enough is that Madeline's family had a second encounter with this creature. So Madeline's husband and his co-worker found this creature in their garage doing God knows what and tried to tackle it to the ground. They fail. But I love that their first instinct is to just go full football player and try to tackle this thing rather than just get it the hell out of there. 
So after this second sighting, I guess Madeline had had a pretty good look at the creature, so she did a drawing of it. And I'll probably post this drawing on the Instagram. Feel free to look it up yourself. It is quite a drawing. The best way I can describe this drawing is an alien head on a T-Rex body that has, like, chicken feet for its feet and hands. But it has the spikes down its spine like a T-Rex. But no T-Rex tail. So I hope you can envision that right now. And now, of course, because she has outed what she thinks this creature looks like, we're getting report after report of the same creature. Now, there are some differences to what everyone is reporting, but across the board, these are the features that we have, okay? Three to five feet tall, long claws, short hind legs that it always stands on, black or glowing red eyes, small bat-like wings, spikes running down its back, scaly skin, and always smells of sulfur. So there is a lot of variations going on here. So we're going to jump a year later to March 1996. A popular talk show called The Christina ran a story about the chupacabra and it exploded the case. So now it's popping up in America. First, it pops up in Florida and then a month later around Mexico and Texas. I couldn't find out where, but given what this story is, I'm just going to go ahead and guess Florida. Two people decided that they were going to stake out on their farm that night and figure out what was attacking their animals. And each time that they staked out, they found out that it was a dog attacking each time. So the police report even said, I don't know about the rest of Mexico or the rest of the world, but here the goat suckers are just dogs. So for the next five years, sightings and killings would show up in Spain, Chile, Brazil, Argentina, and Nicaragua until August 30th of 2000, Uh, only nine days after yours truly was born. A farmer in Nicaragua decided to stake out with a rifle, the same thing that the Florida people did, because he had not only lost 25 of his own sheep to this creature, his neighbor had lost like 35 of his sheep. So this thing was just having a buffet, eating 60 sheep at a time in this neighborhood. So the night that it returned, he did shoot this creature and was able to catch it. After a vet examined the body, they found that it was a very uncommon creature with big eyes, smooth bat-like skin, big claws, big teeth, and these things sticking out from its spine. It was kind of like a hybrid animal is what they were thinking, like it had been genetically engineered, and they said that they thought it would be a cross between a wolf and a crocodile. Yeah, take a second with that because it's weird. So the body of this creature was sent off to the National Autopsy University of Nicaragua. And they said that the corpse was actually just a dog with mange. Now, mange is a really painful skin disease that would give a dog a kind of gray, hairless skin look, which is exactly how this creature looks. So when the university gave the remains back to the farmer, the farmer got pretty pissed off and he claims that the university switched the body. He said, and I quote, this isn't my goat sucker, claiming that the one that he brought in had claws and bigger teeth and these spikes down the side and what they returned to him looked much more like a common dog. But I guess he couldn't do anything about that because that was the end of his story. And it wouldn't be until June 2007 that we get another one. 
And this is probably the most common story. If you had ever heard anything about Chupacabra, it's probably from this woman, so let's get into it. A naturopathic doctor and hunter named Dr. Phyllis B. Carew from Texas saw a hairless canine figure with blue-gray flesh in the middle of the day. And it was quickly after she saw this creature that she found one of her chickens with its neck split open and drained of blood. Over the next few days, there were a couple more attacks, so they started setting up cameras, but didn't catch anything for a few weeks. Until Phyllis gets a call from a rancher who says that he's found a chupacabra that's been hit by a car near his farm. So she runs out there to examine the body, and coincidentally, while she's on the way to examine it, she gets a call from another rancher who lives closer to her, saying that they found a chupacabra for her to look at as well. So like a good old happy farmer, she gets her big old tractor and decides to take both of the bodies of these supposed chupacabras with her back to her farm. And she takes pictures of these bluish gray dogs to post on the internet and they go viral. Now, when you're looking at these pictures nowadays, they look pretty clearly like they're dogs. You have to remember, you guys, these were posted in 2007. These would have been much grainier photos. I think sometimes we forget that when we're looking at cases that happened in 2005 to 2010, where the internet was still coming around, it was still figuring itself out. The photo quality back then was not the same that it is now. I feel like I'll look back at photos and I'll just be like, how could they not understand that this is who that person was? I mean, it's so clearly this and that. And then I have to remember that they were seeing it in, like, pixelated times. <laughs> anyway, so the entire internet is pretty torn between it being a chupacabra or it just being a dog. So she decides to take DNA samples from one of the corpses and send it off to five different research labs. And she comes back with the results and this quote. I have now done DNA at five different universities. All of them came back identical. They did not match any animal in the archive. Hey, you know how I'm here to tell you about the spooky and scary shit happening in our world? Well, I'm here to tell you about something happening right now. Do you love Halloween? I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you have to, right? Well, have you ever wished that there was another time to celebrate that fun and spooky time of year other than October? Well, if you live in the Athens, Georgia area, now you can! Hauntfest is a Halloween slash horror festival business that celebrates Halloween in the spring rather than the fall. So you can get two times as spooky twice a year. The next festival is coming up super soon, April 6th and 7th, and it's going to include some awesome spooky activities. So if you like hay rides, freak shows, fire breathing, live music, trivia, pumpkin painting, animal encounters, a haunted trail, and much more, make sure that you come out April 6th and 7th to the Southern Brewing Company in Athens, Georgia. The festival will also be hosting an array of horror and Halloween-themed fenders, offering things like antiques, tarot readings, original horror literature, macrame artwork, jewelry, and oh yeah, I'll be there. That's right, if you want to come hang out with me, I will be there selling some of my artwork along with all of the other spooky people. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity for only $15 today when you order pre-sale tickets. 
For ticket purchases, inquiries, and more info, please visit www.hauntfest.us. And don't forget to follow hauntfest.athens on Instagram for all of the updates about the festival. This year's slogan is, who cares about April Fools when you can go to April Ghouls? So, of course, the internet is freaking out, thinking that she just found some crazy animal that's never existed before. And she must feel pretty high and mighty about it, because not only did she have one of the corpses taxidermy and mounted in her living room for her to look at every single day, she has the other one in her freezer. I guess just ready to go for whatever she might need it for, or whatever testing she might need it for. And when you're looking at this taxidermy mount, I'm sorry, it just, it looks like a greyhound. It looks like a greyhound with a skin disease. So about a year later in 2008, we get a viral video. Don't you love them? This viral video goes out from this cop's dash cam from the front of his car of this dirt road where this dog-like creature is running down it and does this look to the side and then it runs out and runs down a road that they can't go down and they lose it. But initially, this looks like a dog in the video. But when it turns its head to the side, it's like crazy thick in the snout. It doesn't really look like a greyhound. It just looks like a really weird animal. And this video is actually how I originally found out about chupacabras. It was covered in the TV show Fact or Fake. If you never watched that as a kid, we just weren't raised the same. If you ever watched that show, you would understand exactly why I am the way I am today and why I make this show now. So now we're going back to the, isn't this just a dog who was sick, you know? So it turns out that Phyllis sent the samples of the DNA to labs all over, as she said, but a lab at Texas State University said that the sample was a coyote with mange. So because it was a coyote with mange and not just a coyote, they didn't really have a clear sample. So she used their wording of virtually identical to give her leeway to say otherwise. Because she also had testing done by UC Davis and there was coyote DNA, but there was also a mix-in of Mexican wolf DNA which I had to look that up. I had to look up what the difference was. But basically all you need to know is that the Mexican wolf is just a little bit bigger than a coyote and they look almost identical otherwise. But because the DNA that she sent in was a mix of both, they didn't match anything in the animal database because it wasn't a pure DNA. It would also make sense because not only do coyotes periodically attack farm animals already, but one with mange would definitely choose livestock over hunting their own prey because they're already sick. So it's a lot easier to catch something in a fence. So now let's take a step back because once we got to America, we all of a sudden just all said that it was this dog creature, right? But what happened to this weird alien T-Rex looking kangaroo weird spiky thing, right? So there was definitely probably some miscommunication that happened between the sightings in Florida and the sightings in Puerto Rico, because this is two very different creatures. So if we're believing that this dog-like creature lives in America and this alien-like creature lives in Puerto Rico, then this theory would be why I think that creature's there. So off the coast of San Juan, Puerto Rico is one of the oldest wild primate research centers in the world. This place was literally made to bring every single species of monkey from around the world to one building to be studied. The problem with that is that throughout the years, 
the monkeys have gotten very smart and they have just taken boats and left the island. So some of them are just running wild in Puerto Rico. And one of the scientists from the island actually came forward and said that they think that people are just seeing some of these wild monkeys at night and their mind is filling in the blanks because people don't really just see monkeys in the wild that often. So if you see one in the middle of the night, you're probably going to think it's some crazy fucking T-Rex shit. And people are thinking it might be this weird undiscovered creature because of the description that Madeline gave us in Puerto Rico back 20 years ago, right? The problem is, is that her description of that creature perfectly matches the creature in the movie Species that came out the same year. And the creature in that movie looks almost identical to the description that Madeline drew. So Benjamin Radford wrote a book in 2011 called Tracking the Chupacabra, and he said that the original description sounded a lot like this creature from that science fiction movie, which is very true. And he himself also said that there was a lot of doubts within the over 200 mutilated animal cases that any of them were actually fully drained of blood. So he himself even believes that most of these reports were more than likely a dog and that the original report of Madeline seeing this creature at night was more than likely some kind of weird monkey. But then this brings us to the one final theory, which is what if what Madeline saw was some kind of demonic creature? Now, one of the descriptors that I gave across the board was the smell of sulfur, which a lot of people do know is associated with paranormal or demonic creatures. And that's just something that I think about and I find interesting because a creature that looks like this could definitely be something not worldly. So we may never know. Maybe it really is just a dog. Maybe somebody saw a weird demonic thing. Maybe somebody was on acid and they just made this up. Who really knows? Thank you so much for hanging out with me. If you liked this episode, please make sure to subscribe, hit the notification bell so that you're told whenever I post a new episode twice a week, every Monday and Tuesday. Sometimes it's Tuesday and Friday, but we're just human, okay? Make sure you check out my Instagram and my TikTok. Everything is in the description. And of course, if you're going to be in the Athens area this April of 2024, come and check out Hot Fest. I definitely know that I'll be there. And they just announced some really fucking cool people are going to be there, guys. And if you want to find out who, go and check out their Instagram. Until next time, my name is Audie, and this has been Audie's Oddities. 